Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Agriculture may not be at the top of your mind and you may be left scratching your head at what exactly agriculture is. Agriculture is the science or practice of farming, including cultivation of the soil for the growing of crops and the rearing of animals to provide food, wool and other products. Everything you eat and drink, what you wear and even the house you live in all connect to agriculture products and that's why i love agriculture farmland and timberland are not short-term investments so they make sense for someone trying to build long-term wealth the younger one begins investing in something like agriculture the more wealthy they will be at retirement Like other forms of real estate, farmland appreciates in value while the crops produce a yield each year. Other products such as tree crops simply take a long time to grow. Nut trees such as almonds, for example, do not produce their first crop until they are five years old, but then they continue to increase their rate of production for up to 50 years. So today we'll be chatting with Dave Smith, Director of Sales at Paraguay AG Invest. He has been living in and working in Latin America since 1997, and he himself has invested in real estate as well as agriculture in Central America. Welcome, David, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, Alpesh. Thank you. Where are you right now? In Panama? I'm in Panama City, uh, Panama. That's, uh, that's where I live. Uh, I've been in Central America I've been for many, many years, about 23 years. Uh, I currently live in Panama. Oh, wow. But, but you, you are a U.S. citizen, right? So you were based out of U.S. and moved to uh, Central America or South America? That's correct, yes. Yes. Well, I've, I've lived overseas for many years. And, uh, you know, I worked uh, for Panasonic company uh, worldwide. And then, uh, you know, some years ago, I decided that I wanted to do something different while I was still young enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I came to uh, Central America and, you know, eventually got involved in residential real estate and development, which later on led to, you know, my, my interest not only uh, as a, a, a work, but I also invested in agriculture. And so oh, you did. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice to hear. <laughs> that's, that's really what brought me around because I really like the whole, whole business model. You know, I like the idea of food and water, good investments. So that's how it all started. So what do you do currently? Well, currently I represent a, a German company a privately owned company in Paraguay. Uh, the head office is in Munich, Germany. And um, I was introduced uh, to Mr. Karsten Fowl, the owner of the company, a couple of years ago uh, through a mutual German friend that we have that lives in Panama. 
And um, so I've known this, this gentleman for some time and um, he mentioned to me that, you know, he's invested, he was one of the very first investors uh, with Carson in, in Paraguay. And he said, you know, I think you might be interested in meeting Carson and having a look <clears throat> at what he's doing in Paraguay. And I said, okay, that sounds great. And so uh, a few months later, I met with part, uh, Carson here in Panama and uh, he invited me to Paraguay. And I went down and looked at the entire project and, you know, I did my uh, due diligence. Due diligence, yep. I, you know, I took a look at the uh, uh, financials. I took a look at the titles and things like that. And I was, uh, you know, very pleased to see that uh, it's a debt-free company. And, uh, you know, Carson has his own personal equity involved in this. So there's no banks whatsoever. And then um, Carson and I uh, made an agreement that I would create a marketing company, uh, which I have by the name of Paraguay Ag Invest, to market uh, his project in North America. And, and that's essentially what I do. Um, Carson's uh, clients are all Europeans up to this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, the majority of them are Germans, Swiss, Austrian, and various uh, other, you know, European uh, countries. But the majority are, are basically, you know, German-speaking German people, naturally. So, um, and he never had been involved in the, the North American market whatsoever. And so, you know, since I've been in this business uh, a number of years in real estate and things, of course, I have a lot of contacts, I have a lot of clients that I've done business with over the last right. 20 years. And so that's what I, that's what I do. I, I, I do the marketing and, and, you know, we attend different events and so forth. And uh, it's been uh, quite successful. You know, we've done, we've done very well. We've, uh, uh, we've been involved now for about a year and a half with the um, uh, real estate guys. And uh, we've done well with that. And we're looking forward to, you know, doing uh, a, a lot of business in the future. So that's that's what we do. Got it. And uh, yes, you mentioned about the events. I met you at your booth uh, in last year's New Orleans Investment Conference. Yes. So, yes. And, and then I, that's when I was like, okay, this makes sense as I was already investing in coffee farm. Uh, in Panama, and I, I'm always looking for into agriculture because we got we need food to eat, right? So <laughs> that is yes. uh, uh, it's it's a better way to hedge the economy as well as you know um, I can also uh, reduce some dollar risk by investing out of country. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, uh, many investors are looking for different types of offshore investments. Right. And, um, you know, uh, Central and South America uh, has a lot of potential for agriculture. You know, if you, if you look at uh, oranges, for example, the largest orange growing country in the world is Brazil. Yep. By far. Which is true, okay. yeah. That's by far. And so that's why it's very interesting for investors because of the, the different, uh, you know, labor laws and the ability to do business 
in ways it's, it's much more simplified than, than the United States. Right. And because of the low labor costs and things like that and, and, and lower land cost, there's a lot more profit to be had. Okay. So you get a better return ultimately on that. Um, of course, you always have to look at the risk, like every kind of investment. Uh, you know, you have to look at the country <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we discussed uh, at some point about Paraguay, you know, and uh, a lot of people have heard of Paraguay, but they don't really know much about and it. And I, I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad that you brought it up. So I have personally heard of, of course, Panama, Brazil, Uruguay, Colombia, Belize for agriculture, but I have never heard of Paraguay. So why is that so, and how Paraguay is better than some of these neighboring countries? Can you shed some light? Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, I, I also had the same sort of uh, opinion, like, really, Paraguay, what's, yeah. what's it all about, you know? I mean, I, I'm aware of the, of the country, and I'm aware of some of the culture and so forth and so on, and, and the history. Um, however, uh, I did know that Paraguay is one of the largest exporters of beef in the world. Oh, wow. And has been for many, many years. What I didn't know was that it's also one of the largest exporters of soybeans. Hmm. And it's a big exporter of wheat, corn, chia. So uh, Paraguay is a very quiet um, agricultural powerhouse. It's basically, you know, when I went down there to, to take a look at the country and, and visit Karsten, uh, he took me around and, and we saw quite a bit of the country. And, and what I realized, uh, you know, in, uh, during my trip was really Paraguay is simply two things. It's a massive cattle ranch <laughs> and, it's, and, and, and it's a big farm. It's just a huge, it's a huge farm. Uh, however, you know, uh, the... Farming pro produce is basically all row crops. I see. You know, soybean, corn, wheat, different things like that. These are these are fast turnover row crops. Okay, so so at the end of the day, I discovered that yes, it is a very very powerful agricultural country. Uh, I also realized that you know financially, uh, very conservative. Uh, an example of that would be that the debt to the GDP right now is about 15%. So that's, that in itself is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, when you consider uh, the United States is well over a hundred percent. So they're very conservative financially, uh, politically as well, very conservative. Uh, you know, it's a primarily a Catholic country, which is again, uh, you know, quite conservative. So it's a very stable country over the last 30 years you know the the uh, dictator resigned back in the 80s and they've just had you know uh, democratic elections ever since and it's also a very investment friendly uh, from foreigners you know they promote it uh, they also have one of the lowest tax rates in south america at 10 percent so there's a lot of reasons why Paraguay, uh, compared to some of the other countries, is uh, probably more attractive to invest in because they don't have this economic turmoil that you, you know you hear about in Brazil just right. recently. 
uh, and also Colombia and, and some of these other countries where they're having huge financial problems, you know, the currency's devalued. Uh, all this is sort of happening around Paraguay, uh, but doesn't really affect them. So it's, uh, it's really quite stable, and, I, and everyone who's been there has been pleasantly surprised about, uh, you know, it's a relatively uh, safe country, it's clean, and, uh, and they always tend to enjoy themselves. Uh, one noticeable difference uh, in Paraguay and perhaps the surrounding countries is that it has no beach, sort of like Bolivia, if you will. Uh. And, and therefore, there's very little tourism. It's really, I mean, there's just not much tourism at all. Which is, which is good and bad. <laughs> which, which is good and bad. And, right. But you know, they, they really, uh, they, do, they, they, do, they do farming and they grow, they grow beef. I mean, they grow cattle and right. that's what they do. And they're, and they're very hardworking people. I found them to be very conscientious, very professional in what they do. So, so I think that, uh, you know, Paraguay is, uh, it's a, a little bit of a hidden gem, if you will. Interesting. So uh, I'm going to uh, change the topic from Paraguay to, uh, as you mentioned about as Paraguay, ha you know, uh, is a big exporter of Shia seeds, soybeans. But then uh, you guys are focused on orange trees and citrus trees. Uh, why, why orange and citrus? Well, um, you know, Karsten has been doing uh, cattle uh, investments for about 18 years in, in Paraguay, oh. quite successfully. And he's done other things as well. He's done, you know, some uh, uh, country club investment uh, developments, you know, uh, golf courses and wow. homes and things like that. He's built a few commercial buildings and things. But he's always looking for other opportunities. And uh, the focus primarily is always on Paraguay and not necessarily exports and things like that. So after a rather extensive market study, he realized that 85% of all of the citrus pro produce and products that are consumed in, in Paraguay are imported. And that oh, includes, wow. yes, that includes not only citrus, but uh, vegetables as well in many cases. So, so what he decided was, uh, you know, how, how feasible, how viable is this? And he realized that, you know, because of the, the land costs and the labor costs, transportation and things like that, he could compete quite well against the imports. If he can uh, grow it in Paraguay, right. sell it in Paraguay, and have you know very quick delivery, you know, to the supermarket chains and so forth, uh, it's a very viable business. Right. Yeah. If everything is in house, right. If you're yeah, not buying in on others. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and and Carson also has a controlling interest in in one of the food distribution companies uh, within. Paraguay. So this, this gives him a, a, a great infrastructure yeah. uh, to the market. They can respond quickly. And so uh, initially, you know, he put up again his own money for the land. He started planting trees. And then he realized that he really wanted to make this a viable business, you know, for, for decades. He needed to expand uh, as fast 
as possible. And that means uh, acquiring land and getting as many trees in the ground as quickly as possible. And so initially uh, what he did is he offered uh, this, this type of business model, private placement, to some of his German cattle investors. And that's how it all began. And then they started marketing it in Germany and things like that. And so he started drawing in investors to, to uh, you know, become a farming partner with him. And at this point, uh, in the first plantation, he's got a little over 95,000 orange trees in the ground. Wow. Okay. And so that's the real focus is to address the local market, which is, which provides more than enough business, you know, to do. And because number one, you know, the population is always growing all the time. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of demand for that and, and he can compete price wise, which is the most important thing, price and also faster delivery rather than going through, you know, the, the, the customs and ordering it from uh, Argentina or, or from Brazil, it's almost an immediate delivery. So, so that's the, the, the real uh, foundation behind the decision to create these uh, orange and citrus uh, uh, plantations. Uh, now, oranges are actually the core business. Okay. The, the citrus uh, uh, offerings is they are limited, and what I what I mean by that is he, he has commitments uh, from uh, distributors and and supermarkets inside Paraguay that want to buy these products like you know lemons and limes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to ask when you say citrus, what kind of trees? That would be lemon and limes. Yeah, lemons and limes. Uh, we may have in the near future, some tangerines possibly, okay. uh, but it's very low numbers. I mean, in, 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 in the, the, the scheme of things, for example, uh, in the second plantation, the newest plantation, which is uh, about halfway between the, the first plantation and Asuncion, that is where all the citrus uh, will be located. So you're, you're, you're only talking about 40 hectares of lemons, 40 hectares of lime, uh, maybe 40 hectares of tangerine, where in that same plantation, you're going to have over 300 hectares of oranges. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a and huge difference. It's a huge difference because there's, it's, a, it's a limited, uh, it's sort of a niche market. Right. And, and once they are sold, uh, there probably won't be any more offered in the future. Okay. Hey, and and uh, by the way, they're, they're almost sold out. Oh, right wow. Oh. Yeah, they're about 80 80% sold out right now. So, so we, we are chatting with David and we'll take a quick break. Thank you. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome back. We are chatting with David of Paraguay AG Invest. Uh, hey, David, uh, we spoke about orange trees, citrus. So what kind of ROI someone uh, should expect, right? As an investor, that, that's what I look for, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <coughs> well, the, the ROIs or the IRR, which you could say over the... Yeah, rate of return, yep. 
over the, over the term of the, of the contract, if you will. Uh, in oranges, it's about 16% uh, IRR. Okay. Okay, that's for the, the general. And the IRR is over how many years? Uh, 25 years. 25 years. Okay, yeah, so, we, we, so as an investor, I sign a contract for 25 years? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Yes, you do. Now the 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 ROIs, of course, you know they they build up uh, starting in year three or four as the tree matures and the amount of produce harvested increases. Okay. So, for example, if you look at the the uh, lot, the largest lot of oranges, which is one point two four acres. <clears throat> The first ROI is about 12 and a half percent. Okay. But that, that very quickly goes up when you, when you get around year eight, you're looking at about 30%. Oh, wow. You see? So then you have, you have a curve on this because you know, citrus trees, they have a, a, a peak of production and then right. it, start, it starts diminishing as you Pretty go Pretty much forward. every tree, yeah. <laughs> yeah much every tree so this is you know then you start going up around 30 30 peaks at around 32 percent and then it falls off from there and then ultimately you go back down to year 24 you're about 18 percent again okay and then at that time it, what you do is you basically uh, cut down the trees uh, sell them for firewood which is quite lucrative in, in, uh, in Paraguay oh. and, and, and then you you replant Okay. Okay. Now it's it it sounds rather abrupt, but actually there's there's a, a system behind this. And what happens is when the trees when the saplings are imported from Brazil, this is where we get all of the, the saplings. Okay. Uh, they're imported. They're they're quarantined before they're they they leave uh, Brazil. Then they're brought into Paraguay and they're quarantined again about six weeks each time. And each tree is given a serial number. Okay. That serial number remains with the tree throughout the life of the tree. Oh, and, and the reason for that is, is that allows us to monitor each individual tree by number and, and control the production. Yeah, exactly. And you can track the production, right? ROIS, even by trees. Right. By trees and by lot. Yep. So what, yep. what, what happens is in around year 23, year 24, they'll start looking for any drastic changes in, in the amount of, of production. And then they'll start taking some of the trees out a bit early. Okay. They'll start replacing them because it's, it's, it's much better to replace it early because it will start producing earlier. Okay. Yes. So you could see as much as, you know, for example, on an orange lot, you're, 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 there's 320 trees on, a, on a, an orange lot. Uh, probably in year 23, they may take out about 20, year 24, maybe another 20 or 30. And so by that time, they'll replace them all in year 25. And so you'll have some of the trees that were planted a couple years early, providing some income as you go forward. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Because you have staggered the income as well. That's and, correct. And for, for like, let's say year 26, you otherwise you won't have any income. Yeah, you won't have any income. For three 
So uh, what happens uh, if I have signed a 25 years contract with you, do I have to sign another contract when year 25 is up? And do, do, do I need to, you know, put some more funding or once I have, you know, funded this investment, I'm done? Well, you'll, you'll have to fund the replanting. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll have to fund the replanting. And uh, that's not so much money at the end of right. the day. Although, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to predict what saplings will cost in 25 years. Right, right. Yeah, we <laughs> but, don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the end of the day, uh, one has to consider this. Um, if you buy a lot in a, in a plantation of 1,000 hectares of oranges, uh, you, you have two options. You can either replant or you can sell this to another investor. Right, yep. Uh, if you so desire. Uh, one thing that you cannot do is build a home there. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> and it just wouldn't work, you see. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that you have to keep the integrity. And the reason for that is you have to maintain the, the, the environmental integrity of the plantation. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. yeah so that's and, just and, what you have to And then at. you are dividing a lot by half acre or an acre. You, I can't just go in and build a a house right in the middle of all these other orange farms or citrus farms. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think your wife, I don't think your wife would care for that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the way that works. So yes, what you end up doing is you replant. And now, now you, one thing I can say is that, um, you know, it's, you never know what, what might be in more demand 25 years right. you might end up planting something totally different mm -hmm. that depends on the company and the market and things like that and at that time at that time um, of course you know there'd have to be a presentation done by the company to all the investors and say look this is the reason why we want to do this these are what the returns are and so forth and so on so you know that's the good thing about farming is that you know you do have some measure of flexibility in in the long term and even after 20 this irr you mentioned after 25 years i still own the land right and uh, and of oh, course yeah. over 25 years if nothing else i'm assuming the land has appreciated too absolutely <laughs> you, well you own the land and you also own the irrigation system that's installed on your land oh okay yeah so you know everything is everything that's on that land physically belongs to you so okay. uh and I'm pretty sure now you are working with a lot of North American investors. So do they face any kind of legal issues, transferring the deed to their names, et cetera, um, or, or taxes in Paraguay? Uh, can you uh, explain that? Well, as far as purchasing land in Paraguay, any, any foreigner can purchase land in Paraguay, uh, fee simple title in your name, or any legal entity that you desire. See. So that's, that's the same as it is here in Panama. It's just like buying land in the US. Um, there's no issues in, in owning the land whatsoever, okay? Uh, regarding the contracts, uh, it's rather interesting what, what, uh, what's going on with Agriterra compared to some of the other uh, agricultural projects that I'm familiar with. The, the, the business model is the same, essentially. You know, one is a real estate transaction for the land in, in your name. And then the other one is the farming agreement, which is at the end of the day, maybe the most important part of it. Uh, 
which that means that you have signed over the responsibility to the farming company to implement the land, take care of the crops, take care of the trees, and ultimately harvest and sell the produce for a profit, okay? Now, this is very common, but what's not very common is the fact that the contracts are written and subject to German law. Oh, okay. Okay, so this gives you uh, an extra layer of protection that you don't normally have, you know, anywhere else that I've seen it where you, where you sign a contract, right? And why is that so? How would that work? Or how would well, it give me extra layer of protection? Well, because I think that most people would be much more comfortable if they have a legal issue uh, going to court in Germany rather than Paraguay. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Now, there's also another part of this, which is really, really good. You see, because uh, Germany has these very strict laws for private placements for small investors, that's why it's under German law, you see. But it also means that the seller must provide insurance on the investment. Oh, okay. Which you, which you don't have on any other agricultural investment that I'm aware of. Okay. So this insurance covers not only natural disasters, flooding, disease, fire, what have you. It also covers financial embezzlement. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so this really sorts of, it's, it puts us in a different category, if you will when it comes to security for the investor. Now, now it makes sense. Yeah, it's very, very good. And this was one of the things that attracted me so much when I, when I decided to represent uh, you know, Agriterra in the North American market because I, I realized very quickly that no one else has this. Not, not one other company that I know of. And so this is really gives the, I think it's a good uh, sense of security uh, because, you know, the German laws for this kind of investment are very strict. They're very, very, very strict. So, so there's no, no legal issues, um, you know, that are not common to, to any other kind of investment, uh, but there is uh, extra security with, without a doubt. And uh, one more question I have about the investment. Is this truly turnkey and passive? It is, yes. So uh, once, let's say I invest, I don't need to do anything. No, no. And, and how long does it take right now to transfer uh, or uh, deed on uh, in an investor's name, especially North American investor's name? Uh, approximately 12 months. Oh, okay. So it takes, it does months. take, yeah. Because yeah. Panama, same thing. Panama is taking like half, uh, one and a half years to two years almost. Yeah, Panama's a, a, a bit different. It's a little different bureaucracy. Um, I also might add that a, a, another part of the German process that also I've never seen in, 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 in any other uh, agricultural project is once the contracts have been signed, the investment has been funded, 
the German office will, will send the contracts to Paraguay. And then in Paraguay, they take your contract to the public notary and get it notarized. Hmm. And, that, and then you, that copy will be sent to you. And that uh, really, uh, it's, it's sort of your temporary legal title to the land until you get the final title in 12 months. Oh, okay. That's good. That's yeah, it's very, good to have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's very good because what that, what that actually does is that it, 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 uh, it, you know, it's a public notary saying we, we confirm that Agriterra is transferring this land over to Al, Alpesh Pamar. So there's a legal record. There's a legal record of him transferring it over to you. Although it's it's in the process, but at the right. end of the day, you know, uh, with that notarized contract, you can actually go to Paraguay and legally the land is yours, even without the title. It's yours. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so there's a lot of security in the investment. Uh, you know, it's uh, I I think the fact that that you, you have all these different you know, layers of security is, is, is really good for peace of mind because you know, for a lot of people it, it, investing in Latin America or, or Asia you know, or wherever you may be, you know, it's a long way from home. Yeah, it's, it's scary and overwhelming. Absolutely, I mean, it's <laughs> totally understandable. And I, and I think that when you can, when you can provide this, this level of protection that's based upon German law, well, that, you know, then people kind of go, okay, I, I, I can deal with that because, you know, I can go to Germany and, and, and basically speak English to people. They all speak English, you know, where that, that may not be the case in Paraguay, if you will. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a very, very big advantage for our investors. And, and people quite like it. Uh, they're quite surprised by it. You know, when you explain to them, they go, wow, okay. And, you know, I also have a lot of investors that have invested in other agricultural projects in, in Latin America. And so they always say to me, wow, you know, this is very different from one of the other projects I'm involved right. in. I go, yeah, it's, it's a good deal. So and it's no, extra cost, it's no extra cost for the insurance either. This is included in the, in the investment. Perfect. No, this yeah. was great. So how can my listeners reach out to you, David? Well, they can always contact me on uh, uh, paraguayaginvest.com. And I okay. will put that uh, URL in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're, we have also Messenger on the website. If they, if they go on the website and want to click on Messenger and have a quick chat, uh, we do that as well. And, uh, you know, if you go to the uh, website, you'll find... Uh, good videos. We have some testimonials as well. We always uh, update uh, the website with pictures of the plantation. And so this is, we, we try to provide our, our, our investors, our current investors, and, and people that are considering investing with us as much information as we possibly can. Um, if someone makes an inquiry and, and we send them brochures and things like that, we will also send them copies of the contract that they can take a look at the contract ahead of time. 
And yeah. if they have if they have any questions about that, you know, we can we can resolve that uh, before they ever actually participate. And we try to provide as much transparency as possible. No, that is great. So thank you, David, for taking time out of your busy schedule today. Uh, and listeners, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or visit paraguayaginvest.com. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Alpesh, to, to speak with you and, and hopefully provide some you know, information to, to your followers and listeners that they'll find interesting and, and intriguing. And, and I, I look forward to any inquiries. Have a nice weekend, David. Same to you. If you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.